Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm right here, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're back again. I know, surprise, surprise, the pod is back. We just did a set the spread that dropped uh, Monday or Tuesday morning, I think. Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, and we were excited to hit the ground running for this pay-per-view week leading into the last weekend in March here. So we got Stipe and Ganu this week. But before we jump into that, we're going to recap the card from last week. Uh, we got our usual panel here today. Parker is not here. Kobe, how you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, Honorable uh, Country Club Kobe, chilling as usual. Danny, Tap Sports King, how are you doing? Absolutely terrific. Uh, I, I went 2-0-2 in my matchups for the Dell match play today. Came out profitable there. Not to mention the World Cup qualifiers has been an absolute cash cow. Overs, overs, overs. So if anyone wants to degen soccer, you heard it there first, hit the overs. Uh, Danny and he was bragging about his uh, Russian ping pong bets the other night. Danny, are you uh, messing – that's Russian ping pong. If you hammer the favorites, it actually beats the system. The live bet favorites. So we have a – not a, a boring card, but I guess um, – Could have been better. Yeah, could have been better. There were a lot uh, – not even that many decisions, but, like, I just feel like these fights didn't really shake anything up too much or was that much of a surprise. So a lot – so there's a lot of stars that can be given out because there were a good amount of finishes. We, fic- we picked the ones that we thought were uh, – either the most surprising or the most impressive. So the third star of the week is going to go to Max Griffin. He KOTKO'd Kanan's song in the first round, two minutes and 20 seconds in. I don't know about you guys. I had money on Max Griffin here. Paid off. Looked great. I, I knew – I thought Kanan was going to lose on, on the mat. I thought that there was no way he was going to be able to defend a takedown if Griffin chose to do there, and we never even got to see it. So I was impressed by Max Griffin's performance. Yeah, me as well. He looked great. It was a lot quicker than I thought. I think that I was on the decision for the MCC, but he came in there and got it done. He looked like a man who was on a mission. Yeah, he did. And I think he's looking to prove himself after being shaky at best since entering the UFC. I think 500 now or maybe one under 500 in his six or seven fights here. So that's something that he's looking to change. And I think this is a good like catapult, especially getting the co-main event uh, on an ESPN card. So the second star of the week has got to go to Bantamweight Adrian Yanez, uh, contender series alum, beating Gustavo Lopez via KOTKO in the third round. But Gustavo was getting pieced up round one and two. It was just – it was a more of a when, not an if, this fight was going to get finished. Yanez was a guy I haven't got to bet yet. I haven't had an opportunity to bet yet just because he's always been so heavily favored. But he's looking still to prove that – you know, continue to advance the contender series name and, and sh- he's been showing up. I think this is, I think he's three and zero in the UFC with three KOTKOs, I, I believe. Yeah. Two and zero in the UFC. And then it's a contender series, but it's all been highlight real finishes and he's a really exciting guy. Definitely a guy you want to tune in every time he's entering the octagon every yeah. second, really, it could be something big. Yeah. I don't know who the heck, uh, I don't know who he's even going to get next because he's been just mowing through everybody. I don't know if they want to move him too fast. He was, he was talking, I think, uh, I could be wrong. I think it was like Nate Maness was he, he was talking to and about in his post-fight interview. That'd be a good fight. 
I would like to see that fight. I think anyone at the bantamweight, if they're willing to sit there and strike with him, is going to have a tough time. Um, and I don't think we've seen enough yet of, of what his ability is elsewhere. But nonetheless, a really exciting young prospect. And I like the way he carries himself, too, which is just a bonus. Hopefully we get to ride him here soon. Um, and then the number one star probably doesn't come as too much of a surprise. It wasn't a finish, but it was the most impactful fight on the card, without a doubt, as far as shaking up the ranking go and, and potential future uh, title contenders. Derek Brunson absolutely dominated Kevin Holland for five straight rounds. I think he, he was timid on his feet at moments, but once it hit the mat, it was very apparent that not only could Derek Brunson take it to the mat at will anytime he wanted, but can control it there as long as he wants. Um, I was worried about fatiguing there for a while. It, it looked like he was slowing down. Holland was getting a lot more work done from the bottom. But all in all, Brunson, I think, got 50-45 unanimous just across the board. So he looked great. Yeah, uh, we continue to profit off of Sanford MMA, Derek Bronson. He looks completely like a new fighter, and it's definitely making us rich as well, as long as he's going to be an underdog. Um, but I really saw this more as a detriment to Holland and to Holland's skill level. It's kind of what I was saying in the last episode. Of, he's a guy I never really saw having that high of a skill level, never really being a real contender in this division, just a guy who went on a hot streak. And props to him, he had an incredible year. But – that that's all it was in my head. And he really showed a poor fight IQ, a poor ability to, I mean, obviously his grappling was terrible, but just really just a poor ability to win. Yeah. And the thing, well, so the thing about him is going, I will take Brunson as an underdog against him any day of the week. I, I thought that was crazy value. I was harping on it on last week's pod. But if you watch the tape, I'll, I'll just disclose it. The tape I watched a lot, it looks like it's a lot of fights back, and it is, but it's because he was so active in 2020. But I watched a 2019 bout against Brendan Allen, and it really exposed Kevin Holland's ability to, to fight the takedown. It really exposed it. He got choked out round two by Brendan Allen, but Brendan Allen could shoot at will, control the mat as, at will. It was clearly multiple levels. Different. And at this point, he thought he was some star. He was more focused on talking than he was on reversing position. It was yeah. really weird. He was even saying in the corner, he's like, I'm having fun. I don't really care if I win or lose. Like, And that's something you don't – I mean, I don't think he – never want your money behind someone that has no. that mentality. No, he wants to have say fun. all the time about Derek Lewis and some other yeah. guys. but and, and, and Derek Brunson, not only did he tweet after, like, who made money, who made money on me, which I loved. But he was serious all – I mean, even when – after the fight, he was still serious. Like, he was like, I'm in here. I'm on a mission to get be a champ. And whether we that's in his future or not, we don't know. But He's in the top five for the first yeah. time in his career. Props to him. Is that true? First time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah he, he was, he was tweeting that he was projected to be in the top five somewhere in 2016 by a bunch of publications and never made it. Now he's in the top five, first time in his career. Yeah, he's he's been like a perennial – I mean, he's 37 now. He's been, or 38 even maybe, he's been in a perennial like 12 to like eight type guy, 12 to 12 to seven, his entire career just kind of fluctuates between there. But I'm excited to see where Brunson goes from here, especially this new Derek, the blonde Derek Brunson. Looks great, looks serious, love to see it. And I think Kevin Holland can be still as a fan favorite. And I think we have a potential fade moving forward as well, which is awesome. Um Okay, honorable mentions. This one's more of a clown than anything else, but it definitely is funny. Uh, the opponent to anyone with the last name buys 
the buys relationship, husband, wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend, 0-2. Both were pretty heavy favorites going in. JP buys his line. The husband, it faded closer to even, but both got smoked. Uh, I don't – Danny, were these their debuts? I don't – I don't think it was uh, JP's well, debut, JP but Cheyenne, I think, was making her debut off of the Contender Series. She had a huge win in Contender Series. Uh, and this was her debut, which we were talking about. It was surprising that she got bumped to the main event in her debut as a big favorite. And it seemed just like a really good spot to fade. Yeah. And we miss, I mean, we don't really bet women's here, so I don't even know what we were doing, but she could clearly could not defend that judo throw into a headlock kind of type position. I wasn't mm-hmm. even sure the, the formal word for that. Yeah. It was some and kind then, of judo trip. Yeah. It was like a judo trip, but then it went into like a headlock. It was interesting. And then, yeah, JP buys his only other win or UFC appearance was Contender Series. That was his UFC debut. So as far as like the big stage. So who knows where they go, but I guess uh, if you were an opponent to them on Saturday night, you were living large. You you got a W. So that's it. I, I do want to do one more. I guess two more honorable mentions. We'll do them together. Just the two other really quick KOT KOs. The only reason why I wanted their honorable mentions and close is because they both are expected. One was Montel Jackson, round one. I mean, he was a minus 600 favorite, you could tell. And Jesse Strader, not that he didn't have heart to get in there, but he clearly didn't want to be there that night. I think the jab put him down, and he kind of just curled up. And then the other one, obviously, is uh, Tai Tuivasa, a guy who probably ripped his shoey right after that. But Harry Hunsucker got knocked out in his contender series. I think they just really needed a body last second. This guy was willing to be a sacrificial lamb. I think he landed a good shot there, though, but it clearly was Tui Vasa's fight, ending 49 seconds in round one. The only reason it, it doesn't make... say much about Tui Vasa for yeah, me, really, at all. The only reason it didn't make the three stars is because I believe both of those were above 400 favorites, and it just, it's just not. I mean, it's it's almost expected to to a sense. I know a lot of people I were talk I was talking to Saturday night through Twitter was saying that they have, or they had uh, Tui Vasa via in first round via first round KOTKO to get that extra juice. And so that didn't disappoint. Um, moving along, we got news and notes, boys, anything of interest. I think we actually have a, underrated a lot of news and notes. Start ripping uh, them off. It, so I'll start with the biggest one. It got announced the last night or the night of when we last recorded. Uh, Khabib is officially vacating his belt. It's a, uh, he's off of all the pound for round, pound rankings, off the lightweight ra- rankings, and Dana is officially booked. Um, UFC 262 main event for the vacant vacant lightweight belt. It's Chandler versus Oliveira, two guys that we're both really excited about. It, it posed a lot of questions of what's going on with Gaethje and Dustin, but the word is that Dustin had the option and chose the Connor fight over the title fight, which I think is a pretty good legacy decision for him. Um, but yeah, that's something I'm really excited for. And that'll be in Houston, full crowd and the ankle pickers might be there. Yeah. That'd, we'd do a live pod. If that happens, that one's and taking place live in Houston with some fans. And that's, you know, that's all I need within the area of a couple of us. And along with that was the announcement of Rob font, Brooklyn cartel versus Cody Garbrandt, which is a really exciting uh, bantamweight fight. Yeah, and the, that Bantamweight fight's really exciting. I want to touch up on the last bit of news and notes. Not only is that good for Dustin's legacy, but I also think that's probably a good financial decision for him as well. I know 
if he wins that fight, which I'm sure he's very confident he is, I, I, I would imagine the title shot's right around the corner. So he's going to let them duke it out for the title, and then I think he might even – because he can do both, you know, but he, mm-hmm. he might not necessarily be able to get the title and then go back to Connor. So I, I, I like that decision too. I agree, yeah. And then also in, in fight announcement news, uh, a favorite of this pod, or favorite of this podcast and also a favorite of mine are facing off. It's Ilya Topuria versus the heel hook specialist Ryan yep. Hall. Um, I'm, I'm really more excited to see who Ilya faces when Ryan inevitably pulls out for like the 90th time he's pulled out of every fight in his life. But this one's a really good one on paper. I hope it actually happens. Yeah. I, uh, that, would be a, that would be a fun one for sure. I, I wonder what the line is. That's what I thought the second I saw that fight announced. It's like, where are they going to put this line? Because Ryan Hall almost like you have to put him in a dog, but then you also like kind of have to put him as a favorite. Like it's the weirdest situation I've ever seen because a guy whose one move is so lethal and no one can stop it. Not even BJ Penn. I know it's a different BJ Penn, but still, but then on the flip side, it's like he could easily get KO'd if it doesn't get to that spot so it's like he's one of the tougher guys to bet you have to really oh, know what you're doing because people know he's going to do it they work on it all camp still get caught anyways doesn't matter so that that is exciting one thing I want to say did you guys see Izzy's getting canceled or they're trying to cancel Izzy he, uh, I, I saw a little bit about that yeah he had to apologize for his trash talk sit across the line because he, he maybe said something that I guess uh cancel culture wasn't happy with i've got two more guys or two more items oh boy misha tate coming out of retirement somewhat interesting yeah and then is she is she continuing with the ufc yeah awesome i think she has a fight scheduled right i believe so i don't remember who it is um that's awesome i heck i mean the the I, I know she, re- I believe she recently was a mother, but I know that she has been in title contention before. And I, I right, think- she's an absolute legend, like yeah. up there with Ronda in terms of women's MMA. Yeah, I, think they, I think Ronda versus her were the, was the first UFC women's fight. I believe I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, I just don't know where at this point in her career, whether she's mentally still there trying to fight. Hey, well, at least we get to find out. I'm excited yeah. for that. She's 34 now, and yeah, it's she's coming back to UFC. Oh, so 34, she's fine. She's fine. We'll figure Was it out. She just in like now. a Halle Berry movie, though. Probably. I mean, uh, Rhonda did Entourage. I don't know if that was. I think that might have been after Amanda took her soul, though. I can't remember. And then the next piece of news and notes: Ali Abdelaziz says that Hamza's targeting a July return now. Oh, that's really exciting. Against that's Neil Magny, hopefully. Yeah, That's I great saw news. He tweeted I'm out. glad he's feeling better. Yeah, right. I saw that he tweeted out that he's back. And and I know everyone kind of was like, I mean, we all kind of knew he was back. I think it was like a very emotional tweet from him. I think he was struggling a lot with the downfalls from COVID. And I think he was just kind of like venting because he's way too young and way too bright of a future to give up like that. But it'll be interesting. Like for me, I might not want to bet him at first to see how he feels. Because a, a Hazmat with no... It all depends uh, on the number. Yeah, if he has no lungs, uh, who knows? I'm excited uh, to see where that comes thing, out at. Yeah. The yeah, last I thing I have for news and notes, arguably might be the biggest. Yeah. It's my guy, the king of jujitsu, Gordon Ryan, oh. signing a deal with one championship for both submission grappling and MMA. 
This is a guy who has never competed at professional MMA in his career, but probably not probably. He has the single most lethal submission game in the world. It is the king of jujitsu, Gordon Ryan. I'm very interested to see his debut in MMA. Yeah, that and one now signed that deal with TNT. So right. yeah, so you'll probably not only be able to watch it, but it'll be a little bit more mainstream than the old one where I, I don't know if it's still going to be that weird late at night, 4 a.m. type one championship. But still, I mean, this it, is probably the biggest jujitsu MMA crossover since a great since Crone Gracie. What about uh, Adolfo Vieira? Adolfo Vieira is, is one thing. I mean, he's a, he's an ADCC champion, but I think Gordon Ryan's like an eight-time ADC world champion. No, I mean, like he's Gordon Ryan's a come. whole different level. Yeah, he's as good as they come. And he's as close to being a Gracie with – he might even be better than Gracie level at this point. He's a Dan Hurd death squad guy. One more that I have to add, I would be remiss if I didn't add, recent ufc departure spike carlisle's headlining an event this week did you guys see that i had no LFA. idea lfa tomorrow on fight pass has spark uh, spike carlisle headlining it against a guy that i will never be able to pronounce so i won't even try bots batsum burl dago vadoraj lfa 103 and lfa actually does good work too i won't lie i like watching lfa they're a good promotion so same with PFL. You actually, there's a lot of good competition for the UFC. The UFC just really has the marketing and the name. Um, okay. I believe that's it for news and notes. Correct, Mundo. All right, let's carry on to this week. We have UFC 260. It is a pay-per-view event as usual. Um, early prelims are going to start 6.30 on Saturday. That is central time as always. And the main card is going to start here at 9 p.m. usually. So I, I do like the pay-per-views a little, little late. So we'll get into MCC later. Parker has been phoning it in recently, so he'll phone in his picks. But Danny, I, I don't know about you. I got a good amount to say for this week. So do you want to just start rolling through the card? and, and Yeah. See what we have to say? I'm very excited about this. So first fight of the night is a middleweight bout. It's Mark andre Baralt versus Abu, Abu Azatar. I believe that's uh, Otto's brother. Yes, it is. Yeah, they're they're a really interesting enigma within the UFC uh, escape. Yeah. I mean, we had that whole bag situation with the within the bubble, but right. even that, like, these guys are like royalty within Egypt or Jordan or wherever. The, I can't remember the exact uh, whatever. They they're friends with like the um, the Sheik or whatever in that country. I think they have more Instagram followers than guys like Dustin and guys Morocco, like. By the way. And, Crazy. Yeah, Morocco. They're they're Morocco, friends with the, yeah. the the Moroccan sheiks or the Moroccan royal family, and they're they're these lowly UFC fighters. I mean, lowly and it's obviously relative, but they're flying in on private jets. They're they have no like real concerns of money, and they're like they're the biggest celebrities in Morocco, seemingly. I mean, e- equivalent to some of these giant UFC stars within America. And the other thing that a lot of people don't always realize yet is I know UFC or MMA and UFC in particular, but MMA as a whole as a sport is gaining ground here in the States more and more as, as it starts to hit ESPN from Fox and stuff like that. But in, in Russia and middle East, and I mean, fighting is life over there. I mean, they like live it. I mean, I think the national sport of Russia is fighting and that's why they've been producing all these unbelievable wrestlers and fighters and 
I don't right. know. I think, I think it's Sambo. Sambo. Yeah. Sambo. Yeah. But even with, even in Morocco, we have, uh, who's that guy that we like a lot. He's been on the, he hasn't been on the, he's always a big favor. He's the Moroccan. Yusuf Zalal. Yusuf Zalal. Thank you. He's Moroccan. And I know, uh, in one of his interviews, I know we don't put clips in here, but he was talking about how big it's getting over in Morocco, just fighting as a whole. So that's, that's fun. And these two guys are bad dudes. Don't get that twisted. They're bad guys. And shockingly, Abu Azatar is coming in as the underdog here. Uh, Marc-Andre Brault, minus 125. Abu Azatar, plus 105. And it hasn't moved much since op- open. I personally am a little bit surprised by that line. But, Danny, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm, I, I agree with you a little bit. Uh, one of them seems a lot more athletic than the other. But I'm not surprised by the line just because uh, this sport is such a victim of recency bias. Uh, recency bias has been terrible for Brawl. But – it's something. Zaitar hasn't fought since 2018. At least we've seen Mark Andre. Here's Mark Andre Brault's UFC career. He lost looked good. Him. He looked good in lost. his last fight against Piachota. Lost to Ant. Yes, that is true. Why did that become a no contest? Uh, it was a tainted supplement um, from Mark, but uh, he, he he did kind of come out like a bat out of hell, like he was fighting for his job in that. It seemed well, he like was. he was the best he's ever looked in or at least recently um and for me as i just a huge question mark so i don't i don't feel comfortable well, laying my money on him says, lost to jetsov juko lost to john yo park the turtle jung young park and then obviously beat oscar Pichota, a guy i actually like a lot i thought he had a lot of potential um and now abu azatar so i'm excited for this fight the fact that it's an opening fight like that is like early early prelims Hopefully people before the main events are actually tuning into this one. So I think they're going to be surprised at how good of a fight this is. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited. It's not one I'm going to bet, but it's definitely one I'm excited for. You might, you know, come fight night, you might. I don't have it down yet. You might see me play this one. I I, I think Abu might be a little bit of value, but we'll see. We'll see. Because I know Baral, it like you said, in that Pichotto fight, he looked different than in his earlier fights. So we'll see. Uh, tape still needs to be watched, but that one's exciting, and I like the close line. Uh, featherweight bout, Shane Young versus Omar Morales. Is Shane Young a city kickboxing guy? He is. He yeah. uh, Omar Morales just, busted that first city kickboxing parlay with his knockout, or he got knocked out by Ludovic Klein round one. Mm. Oh, I remember that. That was like sending – to be fair, that was like sending a lamb to slaughter – but Omar Morales was 13 and one or 10 and one. He was 10 and 0. And he just suffered his first loss. So we'll see how that. To Giga, the guy we respect a lot. Yeah, Giga. And I think it was a decision too. So and we know Giga's that rangy, pointy fighter. But Omar Morales minus 190, Shane Young plus 165. Yeah, I, I agree with the numbers here. Uh, obviously, we, we just said that Omar Morales is coming off a loss to Giga, who might be the best distance karate-style fighter in the division. Shane Young's going to come in with the city kickboxing mentality, the good rangy kickboxing, whatnot. Um, and it, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be the same as Giga. And Omar Morales should be able to get this done wherever. He's got knockout victories on his resume. He's got submission victories on his resume. He's really well, well-rounded. Um, and Shane Young just isn't quite there yet he's he's a, he's a good prospect to look at but he's not so much a contender right now yeah 
I agree. And I know we personally hype up city kickboxing a lot. I I'm not as high on them, but like, it's still a good team. They have a good roster of fighters there. And he's only 27 years old is the point I'm trying to get at. So he's definitely not even his prime yet. And Omar Morales is a guy that I think is a force we reckon with, but he's a little bit over that hump now being 35 years of age. So we'll see. I, 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 that line seems playable for Morales in my opinion, but I guess we'll find out come fight night. Light heavyweight bout. Oh, fuck. Where's, where's Parker when you need it for this pronunciation of the week? You know, he's just going to call got, them Matus. That's his go-to for all the, all the Eastern well, European. Odestas, Odestas Bukakis versus Michael Olizicek. We've seen an Olizicek fight. Olizicek. So, so that one's a little easier. Uh, but yeah, so that's a light heavyweight bout, 11 and 3, 14 and 4. And we have minus 160 for Alexachek and plus 140 for Bukaki. Bukowskis. <laughs> no, Bukagi. So yeah, they both share losses or they're coming off of losses to Jimmy Crute, which is pretty interesting. Jimmy Crute actually is getting a big fight here, too. Um, they were just talking about it last fight night. I think Jimmy Crute. Maybe what? Maybe Ty to Ivasa, maybe? I don't remember. I'm unsure. They were talking about how Jimmy Crute was gonna maybe get one of those top lightweights or light heavyweights. But go continue, Danny. Sorry for the Yeah, for me, they're these guys are both specimens, they're both super physically strong, but I kind of just think uh Alex Jacek is a little bit, bit better and faster everywhere. I think that Modestus's best path to victory is to drag this one out and turn it into a dog fight, just really get it dirty and grimy and get them both tired. But I kind of see Michael catching him early and getting a quick knockout. Yeah. He burned me in that Ovin St. Peru fight. I think he might have burned all of us. I, uh, we, I don't know if we were doing the pod yet. He burned me on that OSP fight when he got caught in that Von Flu. I don't, I don't really have any issue with the Jimmy Crute loss. Jimmy Crute obviously is one of the up and comers in this division. Anthony Smith. That's the fight that Jimmy Crute has. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I found oh, that's that. awesome. That's um, a great but, fight for him. Yeah. But so this one, the line definitely scares me away. The only thing I'd like to say is I think Bukakis is a little bit more physically dominant, but I think Michael might be a little bit more technically sound. I have them both so, equally strong in my head. You think so? I yeah. I see. I just watched him get. He got commered by Jimmy Crute, and then he got von Flooned by OSP. I know OSP recently made a move to heavyweight and like might be bigger in stature, but like I don't know. I, I think von Flooned's less of an overpower than anything. The Kimura is one thing, but Crute is like a whole other meat man. That's true. That's fair. I, I, that is fair. I think this fight as a whole probably is tough to bet on, but I still think it's going to be exciting. I think both of these guys are probably, I mean, light heavyweights weak. They're probably two wins away from, from being at seeing a, a number next to their name. So, yeah. It really, it really feels like everyone's two wins away from being yeah. ranked in light heavyweight. Let yeah, him really a lot of turnover. It's awesome. This is a big win for whoever gets this fight. Cause both of these guys, like you said, are so physically, dominant they're physically you know what i mean they're no they're, they're no built they're specimens yeah, they're, they're strong yeah, they're big guys um none of these guys are coming in with a gut 
Right. No, none of these guys are coming to the gut. They're strong and they're, and they're good at their craft. Uh, welterweight bout. Jared Gooden, not Jared Gordon, Jared Gooden versus Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. And now for our Nurmagomedov of the day, what is the relation? Do we know? So it, this is this is a brother. This is a direct is a brother. brother. Yes. Okay. Um, and so. this is a guy who he, he lost for to pretty unimpressive to David Zavada via triangle choke. And ended up getting a whole – I don't know if you all have seen this going around Twitter. He got a huge punishment from his gym, especially from Khabib and from uh, Saeed and all the Nuraya Medovs. Yeah, they locked yeah. him in the ice chamber and would not let him out. They were literally freezing him because they were like, you're tapping like chicken. You're making the family – like disrespecting the family name, and we don't tap. And he got very much punished in the ice chamber. Yeah, I remember that video. That video – it didn't go – I yeah, I, that video was funny. They, they locked him in the cryo chamber after his loss. But so he, if you want to ride Habib's blood, literal blood, close as blood they come, you can get him at a steep price, probably the cheapest you'll ever get at Nurmagomedov, at minus 240. Uh, Jared Gooden, plus 200. I do kind of see this line being because of his surname – because yeah. of his brother and whatnot. I, I mean, Gooden is a good grappler in his own right. Gooden's much even though he lost too. his debut to Alan Jubin. Um, I, I, I do think that Abubakar has something to prove uh, to his gym, to his brothers, to his family, to everyone. He's going to go out there in Dagestani, dominate this just ragdoll Jared Gooden and lay on top of him. It's going to be boring. I see him winning by decision, but I don't want to – lay the 240 for a guy that just got caught in a triangle that's yeah gooden's also i don't know gooden's grappling prowess but i know that he has him in in uh height and and sizably in reach as well so i don't know what his takedown defense looks like i haven't taped this fight in particular but that's something that i think if you personally at home are taping fights look at how gooden uses his range to defend the takedown because obviously there's always that ability that he might shoot a little differently. That Dagestani style is definitely different. And if you're just a fade, the public guy, Jared Gooden's a good play here. Yeah. This is not the same Nurmagomedov that all the other guys are. This one just got triangled. (laughs) Uh, So with that being said, potentially might see our cards. You got to stay tuned always on Twitter. That's where we do. We've been a little, Lazy on the graphics, I have a feeling, in the counting, but I think we're going to start that back up again. We just needed that breather. So, cap it off the prelim card. This is the last fight before the main card. It, it looks like we have a change here. William Knight off this one? Yeah, William Knight, COVID protocol yep. off of the uh, card. Uh, we so, have Fabio Charant. Yeah, so we got Alonzo Manyfield versus Fabio Charant taking its place. Manyfield now, instead of being a even each way or 110 each way, it is now minus 290 in favor of Manyfield. Fabio Charant plus 245. Yeah, props to Charant taking this on short notice. He's a Lausanne MMA trained guy. Uh, he's an LFA guy. So he's got, I mean, he's, he's, he's been training. He's not like some guy that picked up off the street. But he does have a loss to Alexa Kamer, who we talked about on about the say, point that five his, episode. That was his contender series loss. Who and then Kamer lost to William Knight. So that's right. kind of like a weird full circle. 
And that's I, that's kind of why the line moves so much. I do see Menafield being too technical and too technical at range for him and kind of running to an easy win. Mm. This one won't so? see my card. And I, I, I probably was going to bet uh, Fortis MMA, even though they've burned me a couple times. I was going to bet Menafield versus William Knight. I think William Knight is too raw and too not technical. Uh, the same to- thing when he fought Kamer. I did say it, but Kamer wasn't who I thought I he was. I thought I had Kamer. I got burned like an idiot. I looked like an idiot. But Kamer wasn't who we thought he was. That's fair. The, the training partner Stipe thing carried a lot less weight than we thought. Yeah, it did. It did. And his his I remember being underwhelmed by his contender series performance too, and I just kept riding that undefeated zero. But no, let's not get Bogdanovich on this guy. But yeah, so is this this won't see your card here? This Lions. won't see my card. Uh. I, I, honestly, it's a, it's a blessing. I was really worried about playing Menafield again after he's burned me so many times. And I was like, I'm going to do it because it all, everything adds up and this and that, but I'm glad I don't have to. See, it just seems so interesting to me because I saw a little bit of value on Fabio Turan. And the reason being is because I, so I'll full disclosure right now. I have not seen him fight other than his loss to Alexa Kamer. Okay. I, I did not watch any of his LFA wins. I have not seen them yet, but many fields proven to me that I think if you can get a counterpart in the mid two fifties, I, I feel like there's value there. I think many could make a mistake. I really do. I think that there might be a, a, an ability to play him there because I mean, with Lozon in your corner, He's going to capitalize on any, any mistake that Menafield makes. Yeah, Lozon's a, one of the geniuses of the sports, one of the early tough guys, longtime fighter. He's probably he's fought, fought pretty recently too, but I know he's recently retired. But yeah, Lozon's a great coach, but he's more of a grappling process. I don't know this guy's grappling background. I'm, I remember from the first fight, he was a striker. He was looking to strike and stay in the clinch with Kamer. But I mean, well, if he can grapple, that's I say that's a notch in his belt because Menafield hasn't proven that he can't. He's proven he can stuff the takedown, but he hasn't really proven he can grapple much. So I just think Manyfield's still riding high off those vicious knockouts, and I think that there is potential to hit the 240 dog there uh, to cap the prelims. Yeah, so, I don't disagree. It's not a yeah, good play so that's, at all. That's it for the prelims. And now this is the part of the programming where I turn it over to Country Club Kobe, hits it off the mute, and starts this MCC. I, I'm pretty sure I skid in the rankings, but I'm not sure. Stuff to skid from last to something else, but you, you didn't have the best last. week. Last, last to farther last. Uh, some, you know, I don't think that you're further in last. I will say that Dan and I both hit a big one in the uh, Montserrat Caneo by decision plus four ninety. We were both on that. Oh my um, god! So we do have a little shakeup in the rankings. Danny has jumped Parker into first place. I have also jumped Parker into second place. Parker got a goose egg last week, getting a little too cute up there. And Reese gained some ground on Parker is a little bit less than two points behind Parker overall. Okay. See, I got, I might need to start getting cute because I'm sitting back here playing straight lines. I did pretty good last week and win loss. I'm pretty sure. I just think I didn't get those good points. Did I not? You went three and four last week. Three of four yeah, last week. And it's not giving up enough points. It's tough. Yeah. And it's tough. I wanted to. Sh- I wanted Brunson by decision too, and I just wanted to take the points. I didn't want to get cute. I'm a fool. And I told, I said on the pod too that I really liked the over in that fight. I think I ended up taking the over in that fight, and that cashed easily. 
if I remember correctly. That's tough. Man, that's tough. So let's kick it off. I, I so we're gonna do uh DKCKRP. So DKCKRP, let's do it. Uh leading us off on the first fight, it's another I might be city kickboxing guy. I can't remember. Jamie Malarkey versus Kama Worthy. The line here is Kama Worthy minus 130, Jamie Malarkey plus 110. The reason for that surprise tone of my voice is because when we did set the spread, I thought it was higher than that, but maybe it was not. Uh, it opened at 165, but that was way before set the spread. So not much movement since set the spread. Kama Worthy minus 130, Jamie Malarkey plus 110. This one was minus 110 both ways when we set it. It was? Okay, yeah. so it's gone the other way. Interesting. Interesting, interesting movement. Um, this is a fun one. Uh, I don't really have a sharp play on it, and this one won't see my card, but it's one I'm really excited for. Um, I expect both these guys to meet in the center of the octagon and bang. I uh, like maybe an inside the distance play on this if you like either of the ways. In my head, both these fighters are a little unreliable, comma worthy. You never know which comma worthy is going to show up. Malarkey is super chinny. I'm going with my MCC play. Fight does not go the distance, minus 165. And we're, we're pretty close there. I actually – I saw that minus 165. I picked under two and a half, minus 135. But I saw the same way as you guys that are going to stand in there and bang. That's interesting for an in the distance on a lightweight bout. I don't hate it, though. I actually like Jamie Malarkey here. I, I don't love the plus 110 that goes with it, but I'll take the plus 110 on Jamie Malarkey. Kama Worthy burned me recently. I, I know the Devonta Smith win was very impressive. I know the Luis Pena win was very impressive, but I'm fading. I'm, I'm fade city over here. I haven't liked what I've seen. I think he needs to crispen up a little bit. And I think even Jason, in those wins, I agree with you. I haven't liked what I see. Yeah. I haven't liked what I've seen. And I think, I think, Jamie Malarkey is going to be actually a decent value play here. I think Kama Worthy really needs to sharpen up a lot of his technique. It's, it's, it's sloppy. Uh, and even though he's had some success, you, he really got exposed his last time out and actually burned me pretty bad. So, And for you listeners, if you want to combine recent eyes insight, Malarkey inside the distance plus 285. Not a bad your betting there. value. Yeah, not a bad play there. I, 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 I uh, hope you guys are right. I hope he finishes them, but I, I don't know. Light, two lightweights, they might respect each other. We'll see. Moving up the card, we'll get Parker's in, as always, later in the week. Uh, sound the buzzer, whatever we got. There you go. Women's flyweight bout, Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Maverick. You guessed it. It is the ankle lock of the week. Women's MMA, boys. Women's MMA, and and this one was spearheaded by Dan himself. The man who won't bet it. So I'll give the floor to him for Miranda Maverick. Danny, go ahead. Why? Why is this the ankle lock? I do want to. I do want to correct something. I I have bet this one. This is actually already placed on my uh, bet MMA sites tip. I placed it. I think the day after we did our set the spread, I actually got it at minus one fifty five. It's at one sixty right now, which is similar. It's absolutely still great value. We know who Jillian Robertson is. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu under Dean Thomas, one of the greatest jiu-jitsu teachers in the world. Um, but that, that's really Jillian Roberts' game plan. That's her main path to victory is to 
get on her back and get a sub or get a sweep and maybe win a round. She is, she is jujitsu or die. And Miranda Maverick is a woman who I actually think is the better grappler, the more dominant wrestler, someone who can dictate where this fight goes in a grappling respect, whether it's in the clinch, whether she ends up on top, whether Jillian can sweep it all. And on top of that, I think Miranda Maverick is going to enter the cage and viewers are going to be like, these women aren't, aren't the same weight. One of them's a featherweight. One of them's like a, I'm whatever, a Bantam weight, a Adam, Adam weight. Yeah. Like Adam weight's really light. It's Bantam, but yeah. Miranda Maverick's going to come in there being the stronger woman, the better striker, the better wrestler. Uh, if she chooses to take her down, which I don't see being the smart path to victory with how dangerous Jillian Robertson is off her back. I see her being too heavy to kind of sweep. I see her being too heavy to kind of manipulate. Miranda Maverick is a strong woman. Uh, I'm going to go with this one. I don't want to get cute. I'm just going to go Miranda Maverick minus 160 is the price right now. Um, A decision could be, I mean, every woman's fight, a decision is not a bad play. So Maverick by decision is sitting at – Plus 140. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you're going just straight up. Just straight up. I, I also was going to go straight up. Kobe, I didn't mean to jump the ship there, but. I'm on some Miranda Maverick straight up, minus 160. Cool. All right, clean sweep from Miranda Maverick and also the ankle lock. So before you lose value as it skids off the rails, place that bad boy now. It has dropped a little bit since open. So. 12 and 6 value. ankle lock. That's, that's good value. Get the value. Yeah, get the value. And if the judges weren't idiots, it'd be. 13 and five fact Danny was Danny has a bone to pick about the Roman delete safe fight, but we'll just, but I've got a bone to pick with most judges. We, we just... all do. We all do. Sal Diamato. How does that man have a job? I need answers. I need answers. I need answers. Band I need to start going through the, through the steps. I'm going to become a judge so I can like beat up the judges in the locker room. Now here's an idea. You become a judge. I become Herb, Herb Dean. And we could really start cooking over here. Cooking the books a little bit for the ankle pick potters. Follow now. Very before, before Poha, indeed. Yeah. Poha. <laughs> uh, third fight on the card is one that's heavily name-driven with Sugar Show. Sugar Sean O'Malley, 12-1, and one, fighting Thomas Almeida, 22-4. and four. This is an egregious line at Sugar Sean O'Malley, minus 320. Thomas Almeida plus two sixty. Danny. Yeah, I've I've made no secret about it. I'm a fan of Sugar Sean O'Malley. I I love his persona. I I love that he's kind of taking a heel turn, and it's it's just a lot of fun to follow him. And I do wish him the best because it's a lot of fun for the sport. But for me, this price is too damn high. It's almost disrespectful to Thomas. Uh, I wouldn't hate that play, but it won't be on my book. Um. I do think O'Malley wins this fight the majority of the time, probably even like seven out of 10 times. He's much longer. He's beautifully dynamic. He's an incredible striker. And I do have to mention, I always, as I always do, I think his jujitsu is underrated. Obviously we've never seen it, but um, (laughs) I I won't be playing it. I'm excited for this. I hope O'Malley wins. It'll be better for the sport. It'll be better for him. I'm going to bet violence here. Fight does not go the distance, minus 195. Um, that's my MCC play. The, the interesting stat that I noted that really is 
solidified my like O'Malley's going to win this fight. I just don't want to pay the price. Is Thomas Almeida has never in his career successfully landed as a takedown in the UFC. Never, not once. And I think in a striking battle, O'Malley's length and his just technical ability confuse Almeida and, and hang him out to dry here. I like that. I, so think- I also think O'Malley ends up winning the fight, and I'm not really psyched about this line, but just having to get a pick in for the MCC, I'm taking Sean O'Malley by KO plus 115. Yeah. I mean, that's if you ha- if you were going to bet O'Malley, I think you almost have to take that. 320 is unplayable in my opinion. I, if you haven't told by the introduction of the line or if you didn't tune in to set the spread, I'm on Almeida here plus 260. It, Doug, should O'Malley, could O'Malley win? Yeah, should O'Malley win? Probably. Is 260 the right line? No. That's where I'm at on that. I think 260 is egregiously high for a guy who, yeah, he's fallen on tough times as far as his fight career go. I think he's dropped three straight. But you're talking he dropped three straight to three straight killers. And the man's still 22-4 and four in, in, in MMA. But it's three straight killers that are technical, dynamic strikers with quick hands and great footwork. And especially, like... Obviously, Cody Garbrandt and whatever they're. I'm talking more of the I, Rob Font, the Jonathan Martinez is. Yeah, the, I agree, but but there's learning experiences to be had in those striking fights, and I think other than the Jonathan Martinez fight, I think both both Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt beat Sean o, Sugar Sean O'Malley, in my opinion. Whether that's true or not, we'll, we'll remain. Rob Font's an interesting one, but we'll talk Rob about. Font's I think that I think we might see that in in, in the future. Hey, so I, I would I would love Font to discuss there. that. I would hammer Font there. He's he's part of that uh, cartel. The that New England like, cartel. Yeah, New no, cartel. he's, he's I mean, a Chris boxing man. He looks great, and he's got you, range. For, for you are right though. You brought it up on the set the spread. O'Malley is not. He does not have a win on his resume. That's like oh. That's impressive. Like jot that down is like this and that. Right. I do favor a lot or not favor. I put a lot of weight on what I hear from his teammates and what I hear from his gym sparring sessions at an MMA lab and what I hear from Cejudo. And like, this guy's a menace. Yeah. This guy but, is an absolute menace. Sure, But like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he is, but it's like I, I just think that this is just a disrespectful line, regardless of. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And you could be right. His grappling could be underrated, and his striking obviously is his claim to fame. But like I, when I look at at potential fade spots, it's those guys like Kevin Holland, like Sugar Sean O'Malley, like I, I mean, dare I say it, this guy obviously performs, but like a Conor McGregor nowadays, not old Conor McGregor, but like that Poirier fight. It's the fact that no matter what happens in the fight, I can sleep my head knowing I got value because people blew that line up. Vegas blew that line up in anticipation, and that 320 is egregious. Hey, I mean, that's and how I and, felt with Akhmedov versus Weidman, and I ended up drinking Malord. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Smaller scale for sure. Sugar's like that guy who always – But you, you zoom back five, six years ago when I started betting whatever, and it's Chris Weidman. It's Chris Weidman. No, you're right. You're right. I agree. But it's it, I'm talking more about the flashiness yeah. that O'Malley and all those guys. Oh, for sure. And, and there's, that's a huge part to why the line is so high. That's what I'm saying. And that's why 
no matter who he's fighting and what the line the is. The rainbow there's, dreads. There's value the flashy had. knockouts. The, the smoking the weed. The, the talk, the, the weed, the, talk, the jerseys. Yeah. The, always in the news. The podcasts. Yeah. The, uh, his bout on contender series, like moving up that way. Vicious. No, knockout. he's I mean, he's a beautiful heel. He's some, something the sport kind of needs as they're transitioning away from McGregor and from this. is A, yeah. a guy that, to just drive the storyline to be in the news for doing nothing. Yeah, literally but, not fighting and just doing not being a person and being a ridiculous what, person, obviously. But he's the but, heel that the sport needs. But what that does for us and our listeners I think is provide value on times like these when you're getting a guy like Thomas Almeida plus 260, and it's all I, about picking the spots. Yeah, it's all about picking it, the spots. And regardless of the outcome, I can sleep knowing that I got value at that 260 yeah. because I do think O'Malley probably edges it, but not often enough. And so Thomas Almeida is the play for me. Welterweight co-main event. This man hasn't seen a co-main in a very long time. Tyron Woodley is fighting Vicente Luque in the co-main. And to top that off, he's a massive dog here. Vicente Luque minus 255, T. Woodley plus 215. It's a crazy line, man. Just to put everything in perspective for everybody, Woodley was plus 210 against Colby Covington. He was minus 145 against Gilbert Burns, minus 145 against Kamaru Usman, Minus 145 against Darren Till. Minus 200 against Damian Maya. Um, plus 105 against Wonderboy Thompson, but now we're getting way back there. Moral of what I'm trying to get at is he hasn't been a dog in a very long time. And other than Covington, which is similar to the vein on why he's an underdog tonight. Or tomorrow. Or two days from now. Whatever. Moral of the story. Big line for a guy like Tyron Woodley. Yeah, for, for a guy who two years ago was at the very top of this division was seemingly unbeatable. He was a guy he was as you said, he was favored versus Kamaru. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's absolutely fallen out of favor with the MMA fans and betters. Um as much as he's fallen in and out of love with you, he's fallen out of favor with the MMA fans and betters. And his three consecutive losses, although they are to absolute killers the one common denominator between those three is the phenomenal grapplers. And he happened to get outstruck in all three of those fights. If you ignore the grappling, which was really interesting to me, um, two or three of those, two out of three of those guys also are teammates of Vicente Luque are guys who he helped train are guys who he cornered for those Luke, for those Woodley fights. So Luque, this line it's, it's high, but for good reason, he's prepared Legitimately, this is his third time preparing for a Woodley fight. This is his third time making the walk to the octagon uh, to face Woodley mentally. Although he might not be the guy in the octagon the other two times, to mentally prepare to to game plan for Tyrone Woodley. Um, But as I said, he doesn't pose the same grappling threat as any of his teammates. Uh, I do favor grappling or, or Woodley's grappling. If this fight goes there, I just kind of think it won't. And the price on Luke is too high for me. I don't trust Woodley and I won't trust Woodley until he gets a victory under his belt. He's a guy who we say, we talk about it a lot. If you're not mentally a hundred percent in there, you're a hundred percent out of there. Um, I'm going to go with, I know I've been betting violence. I'm going to go with that. This fight goes to the decision minus minus one forty. 
I see uh, Woodley in his first three rounder in like five, six years. And I see Luke who has a chin made of absolute granite. Neither one of these people is getting finished. Um, there's obviously value. If you love either side, you can sprinkle even a little bit on either side by decision. You'll pump up your value, but I'm going to go with this fight goes to the decision minus 140. I don't hate that at all, especially a guy who, like you said, has a, been in a five-round bout for, man, last five or six fights now, maybe longer. And he got hurt early in that Gilbert fight and then lasted four more rounds. Yeah. Yeah. He – no, he's durable. I mean, he also got pummeled by Kamaru. I mean, pummeled, and the man stayed in there just the and, same. And, and Colby almost couldn't finish him. He had to, like – Break a rib. <laughs> right. Literally. You couldn't do that on purpose, but literally, literally. It's hard to finish these guys. They're tough dudes. No, they uh, tyrants as tough as they come. It's the heart, like you said. Um, and that's the one question mark about Woodley. But now I agree with you if the line was like 115 each way. I, I just don't know how I can't play Woodley at a two two hundred dog. It blows my yeah. mind. I think that honestly. If you're really trying to run it up, run it up. Taking Miranda Maverick, parlayed with Almeida, parlayed with Woodley, I think on a right night, you could strike gold there. One of those two men is going to lose, though. Maybe both. You could strike gold. I mean, probably both, but both of them are value. And you parlay value with value, next thing you know, you're Bill Gates or something. That's how that works, yeah. (laughs) It takes nine double-ups. Probably value with value invested in Bitcoin. What? Parlay value with value. Take your winnings invested in Bitcoin. There you go. Or Danny's MLS picks or soccer picks. Doesn't matter. Either one. Either one is straight to the moon. Reese, hold on. Let's go back a second. Nine double ups from what? $200 units or what? No. So like if you have $1,000, you're right. It has to be a set unit. $1,000, nine double ups, you're a millionaire. Book it right now. I think it's less than that for a thousand. No. All right. Well, we'll do the math later. I'm on T Wood, basically for the reason you said. I can't look at that number, and you know we're playing the game to accumulate points. So that here I am trying to accumulate points. I'm on. I'm on Tyron Woodley as well at the line. I just want it to be known though for the world. I think Danny's bet is the best bet. That 140. That it goes. Also, the- if you're trying to get cute, why not just go Woodley by decision? Do you think Woodley's going to get Vicente Luque, granite chin motherfucker, out of there? Like, take that extra sprinkle. Take that extra green. I mean, how much extra green is it? I don't know. Let's see. I'll get it. I'll get it right quick. Woodley Woodley wins by decision plus 385. So that's a lot of extra green. I'll take it. Woodley wins by decision. All right. I'll let you have it, Reese. Thanks, Dan. Look at that. DK cap. I got your back, man. Yeah. See, I don't pay attention. I, I don't really look at those prop lines, but I think I need to start. That's, that's good value right there. So Danny with the save. Especially before. if you like Luke or I mean, especially if you like Woodley. Woodley's only path to victory is decision. I would agree with you there. He's going to get takedowns. He's going to win yeah. three rounds. He's, he hasn't been in three round fight forever. He's going to so much energy in all those three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Woodley by decision a lot. Actually, that might see my card, more, not just Woodley. So, with all that being said, this is the one that I'm by far the most excited for. I want to see where you guys are mentally on this fight. This fight is 
so hard to call either way. And I can tell that the MMA vets of the world are going to get confused with, with maybe fading the champion. It's too hard to do, but we'll see where, where the world lies come Saturday night. So heavyweight bout main event for the baddest man on planet Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou two Francis Ngannou is minus one thirty. Stipe Miocic plus one ten. What the fuck? The best heavyweight of all time is the underdog. Why? I'm glad you said it because I was going to bring it up. Stipe is the single best heavyweight that we've ever seen. There's yeah. no two ways about it. No. Definitely. I mean, UFC heavyweight. I think uh, Millianenko, you could make a or TRT um, yeah, TRT Overeem or yeah. Tito or Vitor TRT yeah TRT Vitor Belfort. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great heavyweights that have blasted us in that sport, but like modern UFC without dealing with pride and just modern UFC, Stipe is the best heavyweight to ever do it. And it's because his game is so complete. He he's a great wrestler. He's a great striker. He's fast. He's athletic. He doesn't gas his cardio. Is I mean, he's a firefighter for God's sake. Like yeah. his cardio is different. Very smart fighter too, which is right. something that needs to be mentioned. Obviously, too. Francis has the power. Stipe has the technique. Stipe has the footwork. Stipe wrote the recipe for how to beat Francis in their first meeting. Yet no one has been able to duplicate it. No one's been able to replicate his recipe. This line is disrespectful for the greatest heavyweight we've ever seen. But you also have to keep in mind, since that first meeting, Stipe's absorbed like 300 significant strikes to Francis's like 25. They're at a whole different level of ring, just tread on their tires, I guess. Yeah. It's really tough for me. You Because... You won't get rich in this sport betting against the better fighter. And Stipe is the better fighter everywhere. And I've also learned you won't get rich in this sport betting against Francis fucking Ngannou. The dude hits like a Mack truck. I'm going to go with over one and a half, minus 130. I think that they'll respect each other for the first round or that Stipe will at least be able to run away for a good Seven and a half minutes. And that's my bet. That's my MCC pick. Here's my problem. Being more like, I, first of all, I want to commend Danny on his prop prowess this evening because he's going four props out of five. Yeah. But, well, over-unders aren't so, I mean, they're props, but they're, they're over-unders. Yeah, but we're, we're not hitting our straights right now. We're talking straight fighter picks. We're not there. If we're talking what a casual is looking for when they're going to buy a pay-per-view or they're going to sit down to watch a pay-per-view, they're not going to sit here and bet an over. They're not going to bet anything other than I want to have a fight or I want to be rooting for a guy. And I'm still in that, like, I'm still cut from that cloth. Whether I'm a casual or not, we can have that discussion later. I'll take, I'll wear it on the podcast for sure. I want to be betting on one of the fighters in the main event of the pay-per-view card. And everything you said is right. I I agree. Like, I, I watched... Uh, Stipe Cormier, Cor- Stipe just like three times worked it. I, I, well, yeah, I, I, I think I, <laughs> I, I watched the most recent one more intently than the last than the prior two. But 
you know, Stipe is a really, really intelligent fighter and Ganu hits like a truck. I think the way to play in Ganu is to play him by KO. I think the way to play Stipe, I, I think there's a lot of right, right ways to play Stipe, which makes you think that him as a dog is like, he's probably the right play just straight up as a dog then. But I'm still not going to do it. I'm going to take Nganu by KO. God, it's not even that good of a line. Pick around. Pick around, Casual. I'm not picking around. Nganu by KO is minus 105. I'm just going to take Nganu straight up. Nganu minus 130. That's where I'm at. It's interesting because if you think Nganu within that first round, there's probably more value than minus 130. And if you think it's going to go more than that first round, the over one and a half is minus 130. Nganu wins in the first round is plus 225. Yeah, but what's it to win in the second round? Plus 525. uh, Let's say they respect each other and then he turns it on in round two. 525. 525. That might be worth a sprinkle. That's an absurd bet, though. That might be worth a sprinkle. That's a Maybe like bet. a hedge. Maybe as a hedge if you ride Stipe. What if they respect each other for two rounds? You get Ngannou wins in round three plus 1150. Yeah. This I is... I think at some point in the first 10 minutes, is coming for heads. But even when he can't... So, the, the, my, the reason I can't back him is because even when he disposed of Jorginho, I can't sit here and act like any of those shots he threw were like, were, yeah, they were clean, yeah, straight, yeah, yeah. like at all. They were loopy, like maybe this one will hit. That's one they were, like he was blindly throwing. Stipe's head movements just it's too much. Obviously, he gets caught, he gets caught. It's a Mack truck. It's tough. Yeah. So I this one's been tough for me. I was really excited for this one because I really wanted to hear your guys' opinion. I've been going back and forth on this one. I watching Ganu's fights and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm someone who loves Curtis Blades. I really like Curtis Blades. I think I know that Derek Lewis lost didn't age great, but like and Ganu's finished him twice to strikes first round. Okay. That's crazy. Loses Derek Lewis because they played patty cake for for three rounds. Like it was the boringest fight of all time. But finish disposes of, of Rosenstreich first round. Disposes of whoever he touches in the first round every time. JD that Overeem oh, KO keeps you up at night. Like years off of Overeem's life. Orlovsky. Orlovsky. I mean, anyone that's – look at this. This is what it is. Round one KO. Round one KO. Round one KO. Round one KO. Lost decision, lost decision, round one KO, round one KO, round one KO, round one KO. And we're talking minutes, not not four minutes, we're talking a minute in. So I think I think the right way to bet this fight is Nganu, first round, Nganu, second round, Stipe by decision. Any of them hit, you make money. Risky though, because if it gets middled, you're fucked. But does Stipe knock out Nganu? I don't see that scenario personally. Unless it's like Stipe won't tap him either. Yeah. And I don't think he'll tap him either. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he'll tap him either. So I think Nganu's at a point, and the reason why I like Danny's pick a lot is I think Ganu's at a point where he realizes if he rushes Stipe like he rushes Rosenstrike, 
he's either going to get taken down or he's going to get they're gonna gassed playing, out. Yeah. Or they're going to be playing chase around, ring around the rosy, right? Because Stipe is not going to sit there in the pocket with Ngannou. He knows better than that, right? So I think that Ngannou is going to take a similar approach to maybe go slow to start, not gas blow as wide, and like maybe kind of go Bruce Lee approach where it's like one of these days he's just going to go out from these. Find the button on a couple Chris strikes. Well, he hasn't, been, he hasn't ever once like pumped a jab out there and he's got a lot of disrespect for it. And he's actually yeah. switched camps. He's working with a lot of smarter coaches and a lot of smarter training partners. I mean, knowingly Kamaru Usman, I do think Kamaru Usman who just dropped Gilbert Burns a couple times with a jab. I do think for the first time we're going to see Francis go out there and try and establish a jab, something he's never ever been successfully able to do. Yeah. And I think that we are going to see a difference different in Ghana than the first one for sure. But then we've seen recently, but like you said, the Rosenstreich, was it a crazy finish? Yeah. But like, if you watch it back, you're like, wow, that man was just winging. And, and, and keep in mind, Rosenstreich could have tagged him. And Ghana had no defensive striking at all. He went in there, caution wins, said, I'm going to knock you out before you knock me out. And Ghana was the mold to be like the best heavyweight ever. He's a freak. He's six, four. He's massive. He has a back boxing background. He's strong as all. And one of the hell. coolest backstories in the yeah, history of too. people. Yeah. That too. Future movie incoming Hollywood. All that figure that said, out. With all that being said, my pick is going to be, be Stipe. It's going to be Stipe by decision at plus 530 or no that's unanimous decision where's just Stipe by decision you're worried it's going to be split go unanimous pussy no i said unanimous. i just want straight decision <laughs> i want Stipe by decision it's got to be similar it's hidden but i don't know where the fuck Stipe it is. wins by decision plus 420 got it i want Stipe wins by decision plus 420 I think that's the that is the main path Stipe is going to win this fight. Mad respect. Seeing As an MMA fan, too. mad respect because that, that's you're too. betting on MMA. And here's what I think too. I think what's going to happen is Stipe now 38. This guy is is the guy, right? Everyone's like Francis, Francis, Francis. You look at heavyweight. Other than that, top down, it's like, you know, Overeem's now gone. JDS is now gone. He's beat both those guys. He doesn't I know what you're that. about to say, and you're wrong. I was. What do you think I'm gonna say? That he's gonna retire. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna retire in the next year. Oh, in the next year. Okay, that I that I agree with. He's not gonna lay them down in the octagon no. today, or I think whatever. It's, I mean, it's a possibility, but I'm gonna fight John Jones. I think he's out of the ring before he's 40. That's my. I opinion. agree. He's 38 now. This, I think winner of this fights John Jones. I think if Stipe loses, Stipe doesn't try and climb the hill again. He's already yeah. one of the greatest people in the world. I think if he if he loses, he's probably done. Or they might like give a, him a money fight of just John Jones. If it's like a vicious knockout. You don't want that, again. right? Yeah. Uh, but if I think if Stipe wins, he he does John Jones, and then regardless of how that goes, gloves in the octagon. Yeah, I agree with you. So I guess we're on the same page. And so with that being said, I think that this there is a path for Ngannou to be the champion. I think he will be a champion one day. I think he's. Just so I think the second that Stipe is done, regardless of if Nganu says you're done or if Stipe says I'm done, Nganu is the new champ. Like, yeah, or there's no one else. Like contending for the vacant belt, basically, yeah. I mean, right. it's weak. So, 
that's kind of my prediction. I just think Stipe is just – I think – could Stipe get caught? Absolutely. I just think he's too smart, has his wits about him, very calculated. I think this is going to be another grinding decision. I think Dan Silver is going to hit. I think my decision is going to hit. I think Kobe is going to have casual written all over his face, and I think it's going to be a great evening. And, and still. still, someone's going to be doing a jig in the octagon. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, any final closing notes, boys, before the big uh, P word? Just P-word. watch out for that right hook. Watch out for that right hook. It's coming for you. <laughs> if you, if we had like, if we, if we did live videos for all those listeners out there and we just had side-by-sides of Danny throughout the podcast, he's just gotten progressively drunker. Like his hair, <laughs> the most recent look. Yeah, like, I mean, this episode, I'm doing fine. No, you're doing fine. It's great. There are some episodes where I'm just like completely out there by the end. No, I love this. I love it. Absolutely Uh, taking a piss, mate. So enjoy the fight card this weekend. You're in for an absolute treat. We'll have our fights posted as always. Our picks posted over on the Twitter. And I think that's it. Parker. We'll be back on uh, Monday evening out Tuesday morning. It's at Reese's boy, Vittori. Set the sprout of my Italian brother in. Ooh, Vittori next week? Vittori Till. Till Vittori. Italy, England. Oh, my gosh. Good weeks ahead. Poha! Poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.